So good evening. Today is um, July 7th, 2021, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is um, Working with Others, Step 12. Um, and our speaker tonight is Marla. Um, thank you, Marla. Take it away. Thank you. All right. I put my little, I wanted you to see, I guess I must've cut my head off, but that's, that was that one of my heaviest. Um, my name's Marla and I'm a very, very grateful. Now I'll get it out of there because it's bothering me to see me beheaded. Um, I'm a very grateful compulsive eater and really um, excited to have this opportunity to talk to you guys today. Um, I'm just going to switch the background so that I can focus. There we go. Normal. Okay. So I am lucky enough to get to, to uh, talk to you about sponsorship today, about the um, working with others chapter. And I just want to say that um, a little bit about me, just um, I am recovered from compulsive eating. I've never uh, been a binger, excuse me, a purger or a restrictor or, or anorexia or bulimia. Um, but I did spend many, many years in morbid obesity. Uh, my top weight that I ever measured was 284 and I'm only five, one and a half. So I was wearing like a size five X. Uh, and 32 in pants. Um, and I could not do a lot of the things that um, normal people could do. I mean, like see my own feet or um, try to use proper hygiene in the shower. <laughs> it was like doing yoga to go to the bathroom. And, uh, so morbid obesity for years. And then finally coming to program um, back in 2012, I had been to program several like three times before that years before it never really took I didn't get really the steps I certainly wasn't desperate enough to, to really get the idea of needing a higher power so um but what happened is in uh, uh November of 2012 I came back in and I was beaten I was desperate and had already lost about 106 pounds in another program a commercial program I had been restored to a normal human body size for the first time in probably 20 some years. And what had happened is I succumbed to a first bite, um, the crazy mental twist. Somehow I started picking up again and started binging my butt off and got, because I had, you know, I had dieted that whole time. And so anyway, the binging just got worse and worse. And I saw that weight just piling on and it terrified me, terrified me. So I walked in in November, 2012. I got a sponsor that evening, total desperation. I followed uh, what I was told to do, did not question. And my sponsor, I kind of jokingly say she was really kind of mean. She was like Hitler at the time, um, but I needed that. I needed that. Um, the program I entered was a very restrictive, uh, it was a very strict program, a format of um, OA called How, extremely structured. And the way they sponsored was in many ways how I sponsor today. Um, I have a sponsee that, that laughs and says, you know, she's so tough. And, she, and the truth is I am tough when I sponsor, tough not meaning that I'm mean or unkind or brutal in any way, I'm tough because to me, this is a killing disease and I was dying. And I only want to work with people who feel as seriously about getting well as I do, <laughs> because we don't have time to mess around here. There are too many people that are actually dying from illness. So when I work with people, I'm 
I mean, we have fun, we laugh and stuff like that, but I don't mess around. And I'm not willing to play, uh, I'm not willing to participate in enabling anybody to die under my watch, so to speak. I won't do it. So I, I, I call people on things if I need to. Um, for me, it's very, very serious, 100%. And, and I needed structure. When I first came to the program, you know, in the first few years of OA, when I tried, they're like, keep coming back. It works when you are. And I'm like, that's great. But what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> Nobody told me what to do. You know, and so that's why I like this very uh, structured way of, of being sponsored in the beginning, because they said, OK, you're going to call three people a day and then you're going to do this. And then next, I want you to weigh and measure your food. And then you're going to call me about what you eat. And when you change your food, you're going to switch. So I needed that uh, because when I came in here, I, the powerlessness I felt was of that nature of, oh, my God. I remember the first night in November 2012, it was, well, somebody please get control over me. I did not, I didn't have it. And I needed you. I knew I was powerless and I needed someone that was willing to kind of have a directive firm hand. So one of the things about how I sponsor, I don't try to play anybody's God, but I sponsor as if their life depends on it because it does. <laughs> and my life depends on sponsoring too. So in the big book, it talks about why, why do we sponsor? Why do I sponsor? Well, on page 89 of working with others, it's probably been said uh, already at the last meeting, but it basically tells me that the whole reason I do this thing is nothing, practical experience shows me that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. It works when other activities fail. And I can attest to that because way at the beginning, there was a period of time when I was abstinent and I wasn't sponsoring someone. All the people I was sponsoring were off doing their own sponsor. And I took like a little vacation from sponsoring because I really enjoyed that extra time. It was like, wow, I could sit down and watch a couple TV shows with my hubby. You know, I didn't realize. And then one evening, I, I can't remember, I ended up having like a two hour binge on roast that I was cooking in the middle of uh, the evening for, for a meal. And, and I got terrified. It was like a compulsive eating binge of two hours. It's not a red food for me. But when I processed it immediately the next day with my sponsors, I don't know what happened. You know what I realized? I need to be sponsoring. I need my nose in the big book with other people that are suffering just like me. I mean, because I was coasting. I didn't realize that. So to me, sponsoring is for me. Okay. But it's also obviously for the person we're trying to help. But the cool part about that, guys, is that it doesn't matter if I succeed with a sponsor or not. I used to be so scared of trying to sponsor and it, it, it doesn't matter because it's not for me. I can stay well, whether they get well or not. So I'm not contingent. My recovery is not contingent upon anyone other than my higher power and my working the steps. And so the same thing goes with the people I sponsor. They don't need me. I mean, if they're meant to get well and I'm the suckiest sponsor on the planet, they're going to get well. 
because I'm just, you know, we're all just there. But at the same token, if I am the best sponsor on the planet and they're not ready to surrender or they don't feel hopeless enough, then they're not going to get well. I heard it said once that, you know, Bill Wilson could come back to the from the dead and be somebody's sponsor. And if they are not ready to surrender and they don't feel hopeless and they're not willing to go to any length, they're not going to get well. So that takes a lot of heat off of us as a sponsor. I don't have to be an expert at this. I only have to share with that person what I am an expert on is me. <laughs> I'm an expert on my pain. I'm an expert on the incredible gratitude I have for what I've been granted in this program and the miracle of me maintaining a, oh, about 120 pound weight loss for eight and a half years now. You know, I could not maintain 120 pound weight loss for eight and a half minutes prior to recovery. And the fact that I now am in absolute neutrality with my food. You know, I'll share this very quickly. Some of uh, my daughter was in a very serious health crisis a couple of weeks ago. She, oh, we thought she was in a stroke or a coma. She's only 23. And it was one of the scariest things I've ever gone through. But, and she was in the hospital for about seven days. She's okay now. But the thing I'll tell you is that we can get well regardless of anyone. We can get well and stay well regardless of anything that's going on in our lives. So that's a very important thing that I try to do with sponsees is impart to them that because not one time in the whole thing of that deal of that crisis, not once did I think of eating or binging, you know, and I'm, I, I even have this presence of mind to follow the ambulance two hours away to the other city and to go home first and bring my scale and my abstinent food. And that was something I could hang on to. Okay. So for me, I want you to know that when I sponsor for people, it's also very, very important on page 94 uh, I'm totally veering off what I thought I was going to say. It says here, it says important for him to realize that your attempt to pass this on to him plays a vital part in your own recovery. It may be helping you more than you're helping him. And that is absolutely true for me. So I thought today what I would share, I only have about 10 and a half minutes left, but I wanted to get into some of the nuts and bolts of how I personally sponsor. Okay. Just because a lot of times we don't get to hear that from other people. And again, my way is just how Marla sponsors us. And it has evolved, you know, over the eight years, eight and a half years of sponsoring. I don't sponsor the same way today that I did in the beginning, you know. So what do I do? My goals, first of all, I define my role as a sponsor with the sponsee. I'm very clear with them that I am not going to be your friend, your counselor, your boss. That's not my, and I'm not the food police. Okay. I will work with them on their food because it's an important part of recovery. See, because food is not our problem, but until I get that food in its little safe boundaries, the food is a problem until it's not a problem. Right. So once I get the food in its safe boundary, then, then we deal with the important part, which is how do we get well and stay well, get recovered because the food down is just abstinence only. And we all know if we're in recovery that abstinence only without the spiritual awakening of the step work is not doing anything for us. So the first thing is I clarify with them. I'm not here to chit chat. And I have a lot of sponsees today that I am very good friends with. But to me, work time is work time. It's like knowing the difference. When we're doing our sponsee calls, I don't sit and listen to them tell me, how was your day at work? And did you play with your puppy? You know, we might chit chat for maybe two minutes. Then we start with prayer. I always like to start, and I didn't used to do that, but I do now. When I start a session with a sponsee, I always pray before 
I get with them because I need God to take away my ego, my God complex, anything that makes me think that I'm the hot shot and, and Marla's going to be the best one to save them. I have a savior complex. I mean, God has to work with me on that a lot. Um, I'm also codependent. So, you know, it's a great position to be in, you know, to give tutelage to sponsors that need me so much, you know. <laughs> so I have to pray to get, get my head in the right space, you know. But then we pray together. And that sort of models for them. I've had people say, well, I really like listening to how you pray because they're like, oh, I never knew I could talk to God like as a friend, you know, so that's been helpful. My goal with sponsors, first number one goal is I try to help them get abstinent and put that food down because no study of the biblical or a same study of the biblical can occur until that food is down. And so what we do, we spend quite a bit of time in the beginning working out and hashing out those food issues. So number one is they've got to figure out what their alcoholic foods are. Okay. So I will sit with them. It may take several sessions. I'll have them work on it first alone. And we talk about what are the foods that drive you out of your mind that once you start, you can't stop. And I do have a sheet. Um, it was designed by, I believe, Lori C from Canada that I send to my sponsors. In fact, any of you that want, if you, um, after this is over, I'll put my email in the, in the chat box as well. And if you send me an email, I have like a little folder that I've given to people. It tells part of like what's in my talk. It tells how I sponsor. It has some of the handouts that I use with sponsees. So I'll be happy to email that to any of you. Um, so my job is to first help them figure out the alcoholic foods. We talk those through and it may take us a couple of days. You know, in the meantime, they can start getting abstinent by just giving up the most obvious ones, you know, the ones that are most obvious. And then we, we work very important on helping them understand that, that they need entire absence. We talk about that allergy of the body. And once they're clear for a day or two, or maybe two days, we get into the doctor's opinion at length, okay? Um, but they need to understand their powerlessness. Um, so uh, one of the things that if they're not feeling hopeless enough, you know, that most likely they're not going to be willing to go to any length to get well. Why would you need to get well, go to any length to get well when you don't think you're hopeless? You know, I mean, I wouldn't do half this stuff if I didn't have to. So we talk about that. We set up one of my most important things is to help them figure out a plan. What am I going to do? You know, you guys tell me to put the food down. Well, you just told me I'm powerless. And now you're telling me I got to put the food down so I can do this work. It sounds like such a crazy thing to tell someone. You know, so I really spent time with them looking at, okay, where do you see your temptations? What are the problem areas going to be for you? Is it nighttime binging? Is it when you drive to work in the day? And then we problem solve. All right, how are you going to get abstinent and stay abstinent? So what do you do when you're trying? So we talk about a plan. So if it's going to work as a problem or there's vending machines, we will proactively think this out. Okay, so you're not going to bring um, coins with you to the to work anymore. No money to work. Okay, how about, oh, driving by the fast food. Let's think about this. Can you take a different route? Yeah, well, I have problems with grocery shopping, just being in this. Okay, I've had sponsors. I mean, if they're willing to go to any length, I challenge them on this. What are you willing to do? I, I want them to set up an environment that will take away as many temptations in the beginning as possible. Because if they, if they continue to be surrounded by all those temptations when they're not recovered yet and they're not neutral, they're just setting themselves up to make it harder and harder. So I will talk with people about things like, we're gonna get everything out of your house. I've got a sponsee that didn't trust herself 
to do it on her own. So I sat outside on the curb and this was an in-person. And I mean, literally, I tell him, I will go to any lake to help you if you are willing. I've had one sponsor. So she brought me, she just cleared out the kitchen of all the- Five-minute warning. What? Five-minute warning. Thank you. Um, so she cleared out the kitchen and she um, brought it to me. And I said, you need me to dump it for you? I said, get in my car. We went together. I watched her throw it in the big dumpster at the park, um, away from her house. So we work with, I work with them very closely. How do I get abstinent? Okay. Now, obviously, the most important work is once they are abstinent, once they have their food plan. You know, I have sponsees, they do commit their food to me in the beginning. And they do, I do give them a set of guidelines. They're written guidelines that before I agree to work with them, I have them read the guidelines. And we go over them together and they're very specific. I leave nothing to chance because I want to know how serious are you about getting well? I, it's a very time intensive practice to sponsor people. And I can't waste time with people that aren't serious. So if I ask them to do something and I say, can you live with that? Oh yeah, I can do that, okay. And then I see like two weeks later, oh, well, I didn't make my phone calls, why not? That's what I think my sponsor, my sponsor said when he said, I'm tough. I will challenge, why not? You said you're gonna make the phone. Oh, that's just uncomfortable for me. I just don't feel, I'm sorry. It was one of our agreements. You agreed that you were going, you know, and when I make an agreement with someone, I consider that a promise. It's a contract between you and me. Um, now, it doesn't mean I'm going to fire them. I mean, we'll talk about it. I'll challenge. But over time, I might go, hey, can you read agreement number eight to me? What did that say? Oh, yeah. How, you didn't You didn't do that? You didn't call me when you were making a food change? How come? You know, and I just don't cut them any slack because slack gets us dead. I don't want to help you get dead if you're my sponsor. <laughs> so once we figure out the plan, the game plan of getting abstinent, staying abstinent, of course, I even sometimes have them make a card. When food is screaming at me, what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to pray. Of course, I would call out to God, even if I don't have a concept. I'm going to ask for help. I'm going to listen to, uh, get on phone calls, make phone calls. I'm going to listen to me. I might go out, take a walk. I might have to go and lock myself in my bedroom. And I let them know there's a very big difference between being helpless and being powerless. I am powerless over the addiction. And once I start and put the first bite of the allergy food in me, that's the part I'm powerless. So no different than pulling a trigger on the gun. Once the bullet's out, I go, can't control it. I don't know what's going to happen. But I'm not powerless over pulling the trigger. I'm not powerless over hiding the gun or giving it to someone and saying, can you put this in your house for a while? I can't handle it. Or I can't be in the same room with the gun, right? Those are things I'm not powerless over. So they need to set up conditions that will help them in their abstinence. Now, I'll rush through here. Other goals then are we are definitely going to, once we get ready, within a few days, we're into the doctor's opinion chapter, we are going to set up, I like to get them through as quickly as possible. So oftentimes that might mean, it depends on my schedule, like I'm off for the summer. So now I might meet every day with someone. We set up our structure. It's different with every spot scene. Is it going to be three days a week for half an hour? Is it going to be, did it, you know, every day? for for an hour you know, whatever i work that out with each person um and then once they know what their foods are they they i often uh encourage them always encourage them to get a dietitian that can design their food plan i let them know i'm not a professional i can't tell you what your body needs but i encourage them to get that 
And then um, I also, the first few days, I want to give them a few phone numbers to get them started. I'll give them a couple contact names in, in as many time zones as I can. So they have no excuses. And I do require my people. I want you calling at least two people every day. I'm scared. I know. But you're scared to die, too. You're scared, you know, to walk in front of your kid's classroom being 800 pounds. And that's embarrassing, isn't it? So it's also, you know, there's everything we do in this program to get well is a process of getting outside our comfort zone. And you know what? Um, when people use excuses like that, I'll never forget the thing my sponsor told me because she required me to bring my scale into the rest of us. And I said, it's just so embarrassing. She, she did not mess with me. I said, it's embarrassing people, the waitress sees on it. She goes, and it's not embarrassing to walk into the restaurant at 284 pounds, having your hips bump into the people that you're walking by. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, thanks for putting it in perspective. I did a lot of things as a newbie here that were extremely uncomfortable. And I continue to do things that are uncomfortable for my growth today. It's the only way we get well. So I don't let them make excuses. That's the same. Either you want to get well or you don't. I had one sponsor that I stopped working with because she refused to make the phone calls. Okay, I am not the god of sponsorship, but if they'll be like, well, will you still sponsor me if I don't do da da? No, that's not how I know to get well. I can't teach you something I don't have experience with. So I'm pretty firm. Um, we go through the steps and we, we go through them chapter at a time. Usually as they're reading independently, I'll have them read the chapter alone first, do their own note-taking highlight. Okay, thank you. Um, I'll just let me finish the sentence here. And then as we get through all the chapters, um, we will set up our date for the fourth step. We set it up right when we get started on it. And I'll stop there because I'm sure we have some questions. And then um, that's that. Thank you so much. Sorry, I didn't get through it all. But by the way, if you email me, I do have this whole presentation and a lot of the stuff I didn't say is in here. So I can send it to you too. So I'll stop for now. Thanks. Thank you so much, Marla. Um, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book meeting, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order. Um, would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when the time is up? Can we hear from Victoria W? Hi, I'm Victoria W, a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina, um, and I'm also an insulin manipulator. I, Marla, I freaking love you. I, sorry, that's too much crosstalk. Your share is something I'm very grateful for today. Thank you. Um, I do have, a. I have so many things that are bursting up to my, from my brain to my mouth right now. But what I want to ask is I have a sponsee that was recovered that just um, let me know that they are in relapse and I feel sadness for them, for their struggle. But I think I also feel some of my pride in that. And when you spoke about this, being the savior, I related to that. And so I would just love to ask how you balance doing this work seriously um, by spreading the message to others, but also not taking, not trying to usurp responsibility for other people's recovery. 
Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so in the beginning, when my sponsees would not make it, I absolutely took it personally, <laughs> you know? I mean, and plus we get to care about them so much. We get to caring them. I want, these people are people I get invested in, you know? But today, when I have a sponsee, um, I can start to see some of them just like slip away. Like, the, oh, well, I'm not going to get a cup to, I don't want to go to a meeting today. Oh, my kid has a birthday party, so I'm not going to, you know, and just, and I'll confront it a little bit. And then I could, sometimes it's like, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. And then I am training myself. I listen to God. It's like, okay, God, how can I be most useful to the person? And now I realize. Marla, it's not about you. Some of us, I had to be kicked in the ass, pardon my French, by the food before I ever got it. It was the fourth time that I finally got it because I wasn't. A, so sometimes, Victoria, I believe seriously, I have to become okay with it and just say, God, is this a person? Do I keep trying? If I feel I'm working too hard, if I'm working harder than they are, like I have a gal right now that's kind of hemming and hawing on the last few months. Now, over the last couple of months, months, I have said, hey, where are we at on those months? You know, oh, I did it, did, 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 you know, and then I'll be like, well, you know, you know, the program is a 12 step program. And if you don't finish all the amends, then you haven't really done all 12 steps. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. So I'll be like, but I don't want to be your mom here. I said, I'm going to say this because I care about you, but I'm a little concerned that if you don't get your amends done, it's not going to last, you know, and she's, oh, yeah, I know. Well, then I decided, shut up, shut up, because I don't want to care more about their recovery than they do. Okay, so I let that I have kind of probably tried to work with at least 100 people Hi. over eight years. Okay. Can we hear from Amy B? Thank you so much. Thank you, Chris and Kelly. Team Wednesday for July. Um, thank you, Marla, so much for your service tonight and everybody for their service and showing up. Um, I actually would like to just defer my share time to you to hear more about your step four stuff that you were getting into when you got cut off. Thank you. Boy, that's that's good. That's even better than sharing some other things. Um, okay, thanks, Amy. I, um, the sponsee go, I, I couple sponsees. I was just saying, I've probably tried to sponsor over a hundred people or more even. Okay. Some of them are out within the first couple of weeks. I had a gal that was so dedicated. She flew from Boston to Iowa to do her fifth step. She wanted to do it face to face. I was like, oh yeah, God, we got this. <laughs> she got well. And then like two months later, she was in relapse because she found a guy and she threw it away. And it literally, like you, it broke my heart. Victoria, it broke my heart. But I have to remember, I needed to go through every morsel of pain and desperation that I needed. So sometimes I go, okay, God, is it time for me to let go of this person? And if it is, I'm not going to keep asking. They're going to hang themselves if they need to. And, and, and I don't want to stand in their way. I've heard someone say, you don't want to stand in somebody else's way of reaching their rock bottom. And if he, I keep coming in there to try to rescue them or enable them, are you sure you don't want to do it? Let's do that. You know, I have to really watch my own inclination to do that, Victoria, to, to, to want to mommy them. I like to mommy, I like to, you know, manipulate, you know, those are my issues. 
So if I feel like I'm mommying someone or trying too hard, then it's my stuff and I need to do a 10th. But of all those hundred and some people I've tried to sponsor, I'll tell you, I've probably really only been with about 12 to 15 that have ever really gotten well. And of those people, probably only eight of them are still highly in recovery. We don't have an incredible success rate all the time. You know, there are a lot of people that come in and out and in and out. So it's sad, you know, you're like, well, but I have to remember, I don't take it personally. It's, it's between them and their higher power. Thank you. And can we hear from Stephanie M? Hi, um, thank you, Marla, so much. Thank you, it's amazing to hear. And I have a question um, about how you do food with sponsees. And I'll just preface, um, my sponsor had me send my, like I had to meet with a nutritionist and then send the food plan that I got from the nutritionist and then send my food the night before every day with portions, like very specific and like not just vegetables, vegetables I was going to eat. And I thought it was a little bizarre, but then I did it and it really helped me like let go of control. And then I had to text any changes that said, now that I'm sponsoring, I'm getting a lot of pushback on that. Like people don't want to get specific about the vegetables. They don't want to send portions. And I just had a call with someone who was like, I'm out you're too strict. I'll find someone else. Um, and it is, I'm just wondering how, yeah, what, what your, how you do that. And I'm sorry, I forgot to start the timer. Um, how you handle food with your sponsees and yeah, any experience drink could be one. That, share yeah. That is my experience too, Stephanie. So, um, I like to tell sponsees that if you're drowning, your leg is cut off, you're in the ocean and sharks are circling you and someone throws you out the lifesaver ring and they go, here you go. And they, you know, and you look at it and go, oh, that's pink. I really wanted an orange lifesaver. Um, then that person is not willing to go to any length to get well. I tell my sponsees, you absolutely. So yes, they, um, they commit their food to me. They can do it in writing. Now, when I was in the how program, I had to call every night and read my, my food to my spot portions of three ounces of chicken breast um salad how much salad dressing oh um, two tablespoons and for me any changes to the plan i didn't get to just text them in i had to call and face the sponsor and go i have i, I would like to switch um blueberries to to a pear you know why do you want to do that there was hitler again she said, why why was like, ah, i'm so scared you know? but she's like why i said well um because they look good, you know, the pair really, no, we can't make food changes because uh, it looks good. That's an emotional eating. Oh, okay. Um, oh, my, my cat ate it. Oh, okay. So it's not there anymore. Yeah, the cat. Okay. Then you can switch. And if she wasn't available, then I had to call two or more other sponsor recovered people and ask why it's not because I want to be your food God. So that is how I sponsor too in the beginning until they're well. Now, when my people are recovered, I, like I don't call my food into anybody anymore. I, I have my plan and I follow it and it's between me and God. And I, I saw the exact same thing I did like eight and a half years ago. I'm recovered today. I don't feel, I don't need to do that. I have been restored to sanity. But when they call me, it's not because Marla, the sponsor food God, has the power to tell you yes or no, you should not have that butter on your It is to keep them in a state of surrender. How willing are you to stop doing it your way? If I am fighting you and going, you know, no, but I don't want to do, I, I bet you, 
then you're not willing if you're not. So I don't, I, Stephanie, I used to make um, negotiations with people. I would, because my people pleaser in me, I want people to like me. I don't want them to think I'm mean. And I don't want them to think I'm bossy because I am bossy. And I was like, oh, I hope they don't think I'm bossy. You know, it's not about that. I have understood that for me, it was all about letting go of control. If I, if I have a sponsor that's trying to negotiate with me, manipulate, connive, get it. Sorry. You know, and I always say, I always tell them, I say, I'm not the only sponsor in the world, but that's the only way I sponsor. And I, I say, hey, I respect you. We can be buddies in program. Will you, well, will you do this? No, I won't. I have tried to do that earlier. I've tried to negotiate with sponsors that didn't want to weigh in measure and didn't want. And I was like, well, OK, it has failed me every time. The only people that have ever gotten well with my help are the people that have been so desperate, they've been willing to follow everything. And I tell people, I say, it's stupid, isn't it? Yeah, she's like, well, I'm just switching half a teaspoon of olive oil for half a teaspoon of canola oil. But so do I have to call that? A, yes, you do. Why? Because it's a commitment. We're undisciplined people. <laughs> it's a, I, Time up? Yeah, that's time. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Tell me if you have more questions about that, Stephanie. I'm not seeing any other hands. Does anyone else want to ask a question or general share on the reading? Let's hear from Wendy S. Hi everyone, Wendy S. Uh, gratefully recovered for today. Um, thank you so much, Marla. That was really wonderful. I love hearing you speak um, because it's just so real to me. Your examples are, are wonderful. Um, I really appreciated the whole scene in the restaurant with the, with the scale thing, because that's something actually I have been kind of wondering about. And thankfully I got recovered during, you know, COVID. So I haven't gone to a restaurant, but I'm going to one shortly soon. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not, you know, I'm a little nervous. I'm like, what do I do? Do I bring my measuring cups and like, do I bring a scale? And that's going to be really weird. And I have to pack a whole bag to go <laughs> like, to a restaurant. So, um, yeah, so I really, I do, I really appreciate that, like, it's less embarrassing than me, you know, walking in and sitting down and my pants splitting or whatever the case may be. Um, but what, what would you um, say to a sponsee? Like, what do you say to your sponsees that say, oh, it's embarrassing or, you know, not just the scale thing, but, you know, reaching out to people, I don't know what to say talking, you know, sharing on a meeting. I don't know what to say. What would you say to them? Those are great questions, Wendy. Um, I try very much to relate my recovery to a medical condition. Okay. So when I'm working with people a lot, whether they're my sponsors or just outreach calls and they're resisting things, I, I say, you know, if you had, let's say emphysema and you needed an oxygen mask with you, would you take it with you to the restaurant? You know, if you had diabetes and needed to bring your insulin on your vacation, would you do that? You know, so I relate 
my food plan, I tell them, it's in fact, it's in my guidelines. I go very specifically about the, you know, the food plan is like my chemotherapy if I had cancer or my radiation. That's the food plan. These are the amounts. The one, you know, I would never on my own go, you know, I ran out of this amount of chemo or whatever. You know, I'm just making this crap up with how I say it, but you know, I ran out of this. So I think I'll just give myself a little extra radiation this week. You know, I would never play with those numbers, right? I would, if whatever I had, if you see people that have need, if I was blind, I would take my cane or my dog with me to the restaurants. You know, so if I can relate it to people and say, this is a terminal illness for me. It is. And if it's not for you, then, you know, I don't know if you're going to be willing to work it. You know, I mean, the proof will be in the pudding. Either you will or you won't. Right. But for people that are constantly saying, no, I don't want to. Yeah, it is embarrassing. It absolutely is embarrassing. And I'm like you. I I don't always weigh everything in restaurants anymore. I used to for the first 10 months. Then I uh, got to the point where I thought I could just. Is is it my time? Yeah. Oh, sorry. God, I am a long winded person. I'm sorry. Uh, We will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares.